0: Welcome to the English Florist Podcast. Today, Lindsay takes a walk with Maple and reflects on the wedding season starting, shares some social media thoughts, the likes, the comments, the balance, perspective, validation and importance of social as a business tool. Lindsay also talks about confidence and starting out. Plus, there's a new flower of the week. It's a song thrush and it's singing its little speckled throat out. Good morning from Penwood. Um, I haven't been here for a while actually. Uh, It's just gone 7 a.m. in the morning and um, I'm bringing maple for a walk. We have not been here for about two weeks and it feels lovely to be back. So, what have I been doing? Well, um, last week I spent, well actually, uh, Friday before last, I went to Copenhagen with my husband who was working out there, um, had a conference for four days. So I tagged along, bought my laptop, worked on the days pretty much that he was working and then we took a couple of days off and we flew home last Friday. So we had a really lovely, lovely time. And it was, um, you know, my children have grown and flown the nest. So it was lovely to have that flexibility. Lovely to have a window in the calendar where I didn't have a wedding that I could join him. So that was fantastic. Um, The dog went off to a sort of doggy daycare. Somebody who um, specialises in having dogs in her home, their home I should say. Mabel had the best time. um, Ran around so much. He came back. Super skinny. Um, So we're trying to feed her up at the moment because she's just got she looks like we're starving her. But she did have a lovely time. Um, And then so we came home on the Friday, on the Saturday I was straight back to work in the studio. I had to prepare for a small wedding showcase event on the um, Sunday so that took me, that took up f- Saturday. Um, Sunday I delivered the showcase event, cleared the showcase event and then packed my bag and my co-florist in the studio these days is Fiona from Juniper Hill Flowers. She came over on Sunday night and we got up about 5am Monday morning and flew to Holland flew to Schiphol and took the train to Leiden um, where my Dutch my main Dutch wholesale supplier met us and took us on a lovely tour of the tulip season It was just fantastic So we did lots of tours um, over the two days and Fiona got to see where our flowers are packed and sent to us, Um, it's it's just an incredible operation. Um, Hook Flowers supply 52 countries in the world, Uh, most of their business, a good 40% of them is made up here in the UK and Ireland, so we are a significant customer base for them Um, and they really do look after their their customers, florists like myself and Fi. They're really invested in us and they really want to, well I like to call it joining up the dots. So we get to meet the growers and we get to see how how floriculture in the Netherlands is, it's like in their DNA. Um, it's been, I don't know, 50, 60 years the government have invested in what they're doing and it's generations of families. Um, it's 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 more industrialized I would say in that they have like significant warehouses and um, glass houses and the whole process is much more set up for volume of flowers and obviously if, if you're supplying 52 countries in the world and it is the biggest hub of flowers in the world then you know they are really going for it and I think it sort of explains a lot when for example last week when i was collecting some small orders from my local growers here in in west berkshire um, and i was talking about what i what flowers i needed for the coming weddings of, of this month this weekend and and next month and um, it's sometimes really difficult to um, get the supply and the consistency and the volume of flowers which The Dutch just do so well Um, and then of course they they sort of extend that um, process of bringing the flowers to the hub that is the Dutch auctions um, from Ecuador and Colombia and Ethiopia and Kenya um, where it's much more believe it or not environmentally sound to grow those flowers put them on commercial flights and bring them over to Holland and transport them I think we forget that they are certainly this trip they are really talking in terms of the environmental impact of what they do and what's best in terms of you know heat generation it's better to be in one of the African on the growing roses in the African continent Um, but with that comes complications some roses don't grow so well in altitude and also the the, um, socio-economic impact of Giving those countries their workers, you know, a job and income, um, supporting them with pensions, with, you know, um, hot meals for their, their children. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick this conversation up with Leanne, who is, um, I don't know if she's PR at Hook Flowers, but she is a fount of information, which I wish, I really wish they would share more because it really kind of. I feels it feels really important to me to know that the people that are picking those roses in Colombia, those hydrangeas, those carnations, um, welfare is at the heart of what they do. So yeah we're going to pick up that conversation with Leanne and um, and really get her to share how it is out there really because she's really passionate about Colombia and the people who supply their flowers, like, like like so passionate, it's a real joy to hear listen to her talk. Um, so here I am, seven am in the morning, walking the dog. We have a wedding this weekend. Most of my flowers, funny enough, came from Holland. Um, it was fantastic. We had um well, we touched down about 6.30 Tuesday evening, sort of full on two days, really knackering and then we were up 6.30 Wednesday morning there was a delivery waiting in the studio for us Um, so those were all my wedding flowers for this weekend and also I had 12 um, table centres to do and deliver for 12.30 on Wednesday, so it was a bit of a wish bosh bash Um, one of us on conditioning one of us on doing the flowers and delivering them, so we then sort of got all the hardware. There's a lot of hardware in wedding prep actually, a lot of hardware and by that I mean you know the checking we've got the right vases, I'd already ordered all the taper candles, making sure you've got the right number of taper candles, although as I'm saying this I'm just remembering I counted 27 and I needed 33 so that's the job to do when I get back. Uh, Making sure that I've got, yeah, the vases, the plinths, um, the metalware to make uprights, um, the urns, um, as well as providing the flowers. There's... It's such a lot of work that goes into organising a wedding. The flowers don't just suddenly appear in my room and we just play with them artfully, joyfully. It's it's actually, it's solid graft. It really really is. Um, so we did all that. Fee then went off, probably sick to the back teeth of me actually, um, by about well, late morning actually, when she went home and I Went off to deliver the flowers, Um, and I've I've been doing catching up with emails. Um, Yesterday, I've got a I've got family who've come over from the US, and they're they're using our house as a base for a month. So um, I got rooms ready and pick them up from the station and welcome them to our house. So actually yes was pretty much of a write-off with regards to actually doing any flower prep and ordinarily I would have made all the bridesmaids bouquets. So I, this is very typical of me. I lie in bed last night or early as of this morning stressing over the fact that I hadn't actually ticked all these boxes. Um, so got up at six, had a shower, um, just went in online again just to I've got a delivery coming in tomorrow morning before I leave to deliver Saturday's wedding. We've got a wedding on Tuesday. Um, it's bank holiday weekend, so um, we'll be working bank holiday Monday. And um, that, that delivery needs to be conditioned and put in buckets before I drive off the drive tomorrow to deliver Saturday's wedding. So I suddenly thought I hadn't probably got enough greenery for what I want, so just popped online this morning and added that before. The web shop closes for departure at 11am, so that's all done. Message Fee, who was already out walking her dog, uh, to say if you want to come at 8.30, you're welcome. So we will be kicking off in the studio about 8.30 this morning. I just need to give Maple a good old run, uh, which she's doing as I talk and walk. And. Um, We're going to get going. Um, Really beautiful wedding um, in a venue in Surrey, which I have worked out once before. Um, Soft pinks, powder blue, whites, greens. Very very feminine and delicate. Really really pretty. Um, Got some real favourites. So when I was over um, in Holland on Tuesday, walking around Hook, where the the team were packing boxes to dispatch. All over the world, really. I spotted some Aquilegia, which definitely weren't on the web shop when I ordered my order on Sunday. Um, so I literally, as we were going from Hook HQ to, to one of the sweet pea growers, or I should say the sweet pea grower, um, I went online and ordered some Aquilegia. So um, I, as I say, I love to work seasonally and there are certain flowers which do have a very tight window and they're there for a short period of time and then they're gone Um, and aquilegias are one and then last week I was scrolling through briefly on social media and I spotted um, that James Cock down at Clowance Flowers in Cornwall was saying that it heralding the season of the um, Lily of the Valley, my mind's a bit fuzzy this morning. Um, So I've ordered about 100 stems of that little flower because we're doing mostly, we're doing bud vases on the tables. It's very short, incredibly fragrant. And to me, the little details are really, really important. So I know that that's going to smell amazing and look beautiful. And I, as I always say, it's really important that we... We, as individual florists, we're following trends, but within those trends and fashions of colors and flowers, you need to kind of set yourself apart and stand out for all the right reasons. So, um, I bought the Lily of the Valley, no regrets there, I can tell you. Um, it's bluebell season, so we're going to have a few bluebells in the bridal bouquet, and um. I'm actually quite keen to get home and get going. It's Friday morning, as I say. Wedding's tomorrow, potentially an outside ceremony, although the weather has been appalling the last 24 hours. Absolutely dreadful. So um, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. So um, I'm going to pick this up probably tomorrow evening when I'm back. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the visit to Hook. About those sweet peas um, but right now I'm getting breathless and you know what Neil says, stop walking so fast Lynns. but I can't, I've got to get round double quick because the dog just runs anyway um, and it's good to get breathless actually isn't it? Because This is about as breathless as I get when it comes to fitness <laughs> so I'm gonna sign off for now and uh, we'll pick up this conversation. Maybe this week we'll just run through um, just the joys of doing an event and as I'm just looking there's some there's some Hesperus um, sort of in the hedgerow here at Penwood. Oh look it's obviously come from the garden I can just see yes it's kind of the birds have brought it out from the garden. There are some backs of gardens here that we're walking along. So yes, I'm getting breathless. I need to walk fast because I need to get home. So um, we'll pick up this conversation. I've got some good questions for the question of the week from the mailbag to answer and um, I wonder which flower of the week I might choose. I think you've already guessed. I'll speak to you later. Okay. Go on. This week's flower of the week, you've guessed it, it's Lily of the Valley. Um I love Lily li- li- I love Lily of the Valley. It's so incredibly fleeting, um eye-wateringly expensive, um and although in Holland you can buy it on the route um, year-round which is great so I last used it in December for a bride getting married a winter wedding um, but it's currently in season here in the UK it um, the only place I know I can get it from is down in Cornwall and they're obviously a couple of degrees warmer down in the southwest than they are here in West Berkshire um, I can see it shooting in my garden at the moment. I can see the buds and the green shoots um, but not very much else. Um, but uh, as I say down in Cornwall it's being picked already. So I noticed this on the web shop last week and have got a lovely big juicy bunch in. And the thing with Lily of the Valley, particularly the locally grown one, it is very short-stemmed. Um, so bear that in mind if you are indulging yourself because it's not a cheap purchase. But the smell is intoxicating. I I'll just caution you it can be poisonous so don't put it anywhere where small children might kind of pick the flower and eat it although I do believe when it goes to berries that's the, that's the really poisonous bit um, but I'm always a bit wary and I'm, I'm not normally worried about flowers but I do know that it, um, the berries that, f- that come after the flowering process are toxic and um, the smell is just unbelievable and so many brides talk about their mothers and their grandmothers bouquets which were obviously a lot more dainty and frugal than the day, uh, the uh, bouquets that we make today um, because they were often wired and so a little went a long way um, and so I do love using it and as I say the smell currently from these hundred stems or so is permeating another thousand stems in my studio so I'd highly recommend it. Um, I'm using it in bud vases and um, it will just give that little bit of dainty froth. It's not one of those kind of stand out look at me sort of flowers but the smell will stop people in their tracks and go what's that smell? Um, So I do love to use it in bouquets. You can wire it on a fairly sturdy but fine silver wire which is great and so it's brilliant for teardrop and shower bouquets and I tend to do it in little wire it individually and then um, wire it in clusters so you get more you notice it more for those of you that do wire um, and also you can wire it into buttonholes. Um, of late, the last couple of years, I like to put it into bigger bouquets, the more the more popular hand-tied bouquets. Um, and put it in a cluster of about five. And I don't know if you ever use those little um, tubes which are on sticks. Um, I tend to use those. They've got a little rubber stopper um, and so you're actually pushing the stems of Lily the Valley into the tubes and then threading them into your hand-tied bouquets. So you get, I do that in like four or five little clusters or maybe threes, threes, fours, five, something like that, whatever you can get into the little tube and then you get a little kind of frilly, kind of rustly bit of lily of the valley and you get that scent, more importantly. Um, So yeah, it's an absolute favourite. and whilst I'm here, I'm just going to say my other favourite for this time of year. Again, incredibly fleeting, but absolutely love it. And for me, it's a flower foliage. And that is Polygonatum solomon seal. Um, I have it growing in my garden, but literally the birds have just dropped little tiny seeds of it and it started growing naturally. So a tiny little bit. But it's, it's very green and lush in that lovely sort of, lovely smooth... Um, Pretty verdantly green leaves um, and it's got these little tiny, almost like droplets, white droplet flowers, little pearls dropping off in this little beautiful arch. Incredibly elegant, looks amazing in pedestal arrangements and also hand-tied bouquets. you just get that little kind of, it looks like a little delicate bell, as I say, just kind of dropping off these arching stems. Can't resist it, get terribly excited as you can tell. Um, have bought an obscene amount of it already this year. Um, any excuse, a bit like the lily of the valley. Um, so, yeah just a bonus extra then flowers of the week is what I should have said um, so yeah hope those tips on how to use it has been helpful as well because I know I don't want anyone to think oh Flynn's is using it I'm gonna use it it is short um, if you're gonna buy it year-round which you can it's a shocking price it's about £1.50 a stem maybe a little bit less um, I'm just c- treading carefully here. It's inc- can you hear that it's like the somme in this woodland today at the end of April, on this cusp of the bank holiday weekend, and I'm treading like a little old granny because I don't want to go off oh, over tit. There we go, I'm on, that's it. Um, so, yes, um, it's very short. Uh, what was I talking about? Yes, the one in the Dutch one that grows on the stem. You can peel that right back and just cut it literally at the point where the little root bit comes out, which is fantastic and um, gives you a bit more length. It's a really premium product, um, usually comes in wraps of 25 that'll do you one bridal bouquet and not much more let me tell you um yeah beautiful but if you can get it from james and he was saying to me yesterday oh lynn's it's an absolute nightmare um it's very unpredictable because it's very weather dependent when it comes out. So there he is trying to advertise it. Um, and the grower saying, yes, I'll have 30 bunches. And then suddenly he's got 300 bunches because it's all come out together. So, and that's another thing about seasonal flowers is the unpredictability of them. You might get lucky this week, you might not. Um, and you need to kind of build that in or certainly I do with my brides don't know what they're going to get certainly this bride this weekend has no idea she just has given me a colour brief and that's about it really I tell you what she's in for a treat but um yeah lily of the valley solomon seal flowers of the week It's five o'clock Saturday evening. I was last here two days ago walking the dog at half seven in the morning and um, yeah I feel actually really tired and I don't know whether it sounds in my voice but I am really tired. had a wedding today um, but I had to get up super early, well I say super early, I had to get up at six because I had a delivery in for my next wedding which is on um, Tuesday, the day after the bank holiday Monday, the first May bank holiday Monday. Um, we've got quite a few bank holidays haven't we this month and there's another one next week obviously because it's the coronation but um, yeah delivered a beautiful wedding today. I was really, um, they were really lucky with the weather in that we were able to do an outside ceremony. Um, I have to say when I looked on Thursday the weather forecast looked decidedly bleak with black clouds on the BBC app um, but not so. I mean literally sunshine and blue skies. Excuse me a minute, Won't you let me just that? Yeah? Go on then. Of course walking the dog at Penwood. Um, So got up really early because there was a delivery in my studio, big delivery, good juicy wedding coming up on Tuesday and um, needed to put all of those flowers in buckets of water before I left. So luckily we're at that time of year now where there aren't any frosts. I was able to pack the van yesterday and have the studio emptied in readiness for the next delivery. So it's funny really um, because weddings do come like that you know in a perfect world you'd sort of have a a week gap between them so you can sort of clear down and recover and maybe do some smaller jobs but uh, the reality is weddings come when they come and you book them and um, so yes one today one on Tuesday Um, complicated slightly with my timings of deliveries because of um, King's Day in the Netherlands and uh, bank holiday weekend here but anyway it's all good yeah, so I, I yesterday was a full day in the studio with Fiona, and we made pretty much all of the flowers apart from um, an installation at the outside cen- ceremony gazebo. Um, and we had options here because there were flowers growing up the gazebo, or like a sort of some sort of clematis. But um, we decided it would be most helpful if we were to build something on a frame that we could then transfer for the the drinks reception, which is exactly what we did actually and um, I built a pedestal and um, greened up the frame so that Fiona who had started all the prep on on the upright install could finish off and flower it all up and it really looked so beautiful So then I drove home and um, I've just sort of had an hour and a bit off, a cup of tea, speaking to my family and husband and I needed to come out and walk the dog and just have a little bit of downtime really. So yeah, just chilling my boots and um, I thought I'd catch up on the question of the day. Um, I'm just gonna go into my phone and I'm gonna find I screenshotted the question okay so this is from a new florist I don't know her name or his name but anyway it says hello smiley face I'm hoping I can ask a question for the podcast I'm at the point of starting out but don't know where to start if that makes sense exclamation mark sending out an SOS for help so I don't know how how far you are in with your prep um, for your starting your floristry career but um I would suggest you get experience um, speaking from experience of a florist that worked for another florist I think it's really helpful to see how somebody else does it um, to see the things that can go wrong and how they deal with it um, it's really really helpful and just practice and um, to work with somebody else gives you practice and I would say the most important thing about floristry is practice 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 keep doing the flowers whatever shape or form they come in keep arranging and you will get better um i could teach you how to do it but you're not going to be able to do it nearly as good as me until you've had the practice um and so yeah i, I think um, if you can find another florist to offer your services to i think Again, as an event florist, I I I have such a small studio. I only really have space for one other florist to work alongside me, and they need to be able to do the job as good as me, pretty much. So they need to be pretty well qualified. Um, but when I do have um, somebody who's not a trained florist, I need them to shadow me, and I can, if I can, I will teach them as as I go along and explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, another you know other ways that you could do it and why I don't do it that way and so on and so forth um, those florists that have been and have interned with me um, I don't pay I might buy their lunch when we're out um, they'll come in the van and I'll you know I'll give them a bit of a one-to-one at the end of the the day if I can um, try and get them to do some simple arrangements so practice I think the first thing you need to do is practice And the other thing about practicing is that when you're watching another florist, seeing how they're doing it, now they might be doing it brilliantly or you might think to yourself I wouldn't do it like that. And so you start thinking about how you're going to operate as a florist as well. It kind of gives you um, sort of like an idea, a starting point as to whether that's a really good role model or maybe it's not your style. Um, But yeah, I would say practice is the most important thing, and you know, speak to other florists, kind of politely, rather than sort of barge your way in, ask if you can be a bit of a bucket carrier, and that might be just washing up vases and and just setting out the tea lights to begin with, Um, and that's how we all start really. You, I know people think, oh it's just flower arranging, how hard can it be, but actually it's really quite technical because there are so many aspects to being a florist that we just don't really think about. Um, some of the skills are choosing the flowers, um, knowing, knowing when to get them in, when they're going to be open Um, on time for the actual event Um, and if you're a florist and you're running a shop and you're doing bouquets then obviously you the opening process needs to happen in the vase on the table of the recipient of the customer not in the studio so different florists different scenarios mean different types of flowers for example so maybe get experience working in a shop Yeah, just wherever you can, try and work with somebody else, um, just so that you're sort of learning, learning, learning. And the more people you get to work with, the more you can see um, there are so many ways to arrange flowers, so many styles, so many techniques, none of them wrong, none of them necessarily right, but they're just different. Um, And people choose from people. You know, they it's not always about making a beautiful bouquet people buy from small businesses it's often the people in those small businesses that inspire that people connect with yes you've got to have a product that you can arrange and do but equally it's as much about the people so you can learn a lot from just freelancing and um, being an intern Um, for another florist. So that's that's my advice as a starting point. And if you can, through that, meet other florists who are also freelancing, um, you can never have enough flower friends in my opinion. Because if you are working for yourself, and many of us do, it can be a really lonely place. Um, You can get a lot of self-doubt, there's a lot of imposter syndrome, and um some people are really good on social media at talking the talk and walking the walk and some of us are rubbish at it and you see somebody else looking super confident and putting up a picture of something and you think oh oh they're always doing marvelously well they always get the best jobs you know it might not be As clear and simple as it might seem and I think sometimes if you if you're talking to other florists you get a perspective a different perspective Um, and I just think it's it's important to have support and and backup really and I certainly have lots of lovely flower friends who are also event florists just like me um, who I can turn to ask their advice and confide in really I think it's really really important um, so yeah practice make some connections with other people and um, use social media to do that um, you know connect with people go on workshops I find my group workshops are brilliant for that because we're all such lonesters in our normal everyday worlds, and then you put a group of florists together in a workshop Oh, it's just such a lovely warm fuzzy feeling everyone's like yeah I thought that too oh my gosh is that how you do it Um, and it's such a lovely thing so maybe do some workshops if you can afford to um, and meet other like-minded florists I hope that answers your question it's a starting point for sure Um, and let's hope I'm making the assumption that you um, maybe haven't been trained yet um, but otherwise find yourself a really good course but nothing nothing is going to replace experience you know doing a course I see lots of courses that you know one week career change course you're not going to walk out of a one week or a two week or even a month long career change course into working as a jobbing event florist it simply doesn't happen like that most of us have been building up our businesses over years <laughs> um, not months or weeks Um, it takes a long time to establish a reputation and also you're going to be walking into an environment in areas where there are other florists who've already got their foot in the door who are already the go-to florists and yeah competition is good there's lots of it around me and you know fair play if they get the job and I don't it is what it is it's competition it's business but um so yeah if you're not trained yet I would say maybe do a career change course or just find yourself a handful of really good florists that are florist teachers. Make sure they are actually experienced in what they say they're teaching. There are a lot of people running courses that aren't successful florists in the field that they're allegedly teaching. And I do question what they're actually teaching. If they're not out being event florists, how can they teach being, you know, weddings, how to do weddings if they're not doing them all the time? Because, you know, event floristry, particularly weddings, it's changing and evolving all of the time. And so be, be very choosy. About who, who actually teaches you, and what they're actually teaching you, and whether their own experience stacks up with the, with the, you know, with the, the skill set and the experience. Um, and when you do find one, do their courses, pick their brains, ring them out for all the information. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say for now. And um, if you have any more questions please please do what this lovely florist has done little den florist. that's all it said i don't know your name i don't know if you're a male or a female um but thank you very much for a question really good one and i hope i did it justice So this seems to be a perfect time to be recording my podcast on account that there was only one car in the car park when I arrived. And um, it's just time, it's just quiet time just to listen to the bird song. And apart from talking to you lot <laughs> with my little fluffy microphone, um, it's just really nice just to be on my own with the dog. And that brings me nicely up to um, the fact that this is the last podcast for this season, and I will be back later on in the summer. And the reason for that is because life is getting a bit busy. I have got lots of things going on work-wise, and to produce a podcast, to make it interesting, to have the guests on, um, to produce that every week is 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 just a bit too much for me to do what I consider to be a really really good job. Um, and if a job's doing well, oh, what's the saying? If yeah, if a job's worth doing, that's it. If a job's worth doing, do it well. And I don't want to rush the podcast. I don't want to feel like oh, oh God, two weeks have gone and I've got to record another one. So as I go into this wedding season, I'm going to pause the podcast of the English Florist. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't send me messages and ask me questions because those questions will form the foundation for the next series later on this summer and I would like to thank you for listening and I would love to hear your feedback actually too. Um, Is there anything you would like from this podcast particularly that I haven't addressed? Um, I would like Personally, to have more interviews, Um, I don't know about you. Maybe you feel like it's quite reassuring to be chatting whilst this florist is walking her dog and just chewing the fat. Um, Maybe that's quite a comforting thing. I know that is the feedback that I receive quite a lot, which is really lovely, and I do appreciate it. Um, (laughs) It's um, it's been really lovely to have this opportunity just to record my thoughts as they arise. Um and I'd like to thank Neil for so generously and so brilliantly editing and producing this podcast. Um, It's I think it's brilliant. I think the way he does it is fantastic. Um, And I like I do like the spontaneity and the randomness of it all. And from what I can hear from you lovely listeners, you do too. So I would like to just say thank you so much for listening and for tuning in and for asking for it to be brought back. That was truly unexpected in the first instance Um, yeah so I just need time Um, and I think that's one of the things that I was talking about in the very beginning is um, we work so hard and we have so many stimulations so many things going on in our lives Um, I sometimes feel like it's a bit overwhelming Um, And, you know, to be successful, you you know, you don't have to be doing something all of the time. I don't have to be recording a podcast all of the time to be a successful florist or to be, you know, a successful podcaster. People take breaks and I need to focus on my weddings. I need to also focus on time off (sighs) just for me. Um, I just need to have space to do other things in my life Um, and so yeah I'm going to be just stepping back from the podcast but life is still going on at a pace trust me so much going on very very exciting things happening in my life we're buying a lovely new house and um, I need to think about that and yeah, I just actually am running into a lot of weddings and they need all of my time. And the time I'm not working on the weddings, I just need time just to be Linz and just to sit quietly, do my yoga, walk the dog, do some walking, all of those things. So yeah, thank you for listening. Anyway, on to the next subject. One of the things I often get asked about is um, how do I manage my social media and just having time out and not thinking about anything else? You know, oh, Lindsay, you're always busy. Lindsay, you know, you're really good at social media. Um, It is... A privilege to have so many followers but at the same time I don't want to be beholden to my social media platform and so over the last four or five years I've become quite strict with myself Um, so one of the things I've done is I if I remember (laughs) that is I um, turn off the number of likes because I think people see it and they don't like it if they see another florist being successful and doing well and getting lots of likes. Um, for me it means I don't qualify what I'm posting by the number of likes. I don't actually then seek out to find out how many likes I have um, because I think Sometimes I post things, actually all of the time I post things that I like, I think are like worthy and they are often accompanied by words and thoughts to go with that picture or some thoughts that are in my head at the time and not everybody will agree with that and I welcome comments so I never switch my comments off ever 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 because sometimes even if they're unwelcome comments I like to leave them there for other people to read for them to make up their mind and very often they will look at those comments and then privately message me and say that's an outrageous thing Linz I can't believe that person wrote that and said that Um, and I think that's really important that. Negative comments give you balance and perspective. They measure what other people are thinking, especially when you get responses that are to say, how dare they say that? Or they even defend you on the on the thread. Um, so I never turn off my comments and I don't believe everything I read on social media. I think that's a really important thing too. Don't believe everything you see. It is a smokescreen some of the time, not all of the time. There are some magnificent and very genuine accounts, very funny accounts, so I, I'm not beholden to it. Um, I park my phone downstairs every day when I go to bed and so I try and switch it off. I often have it on silent so I don't get a distraction when I'm working I hear ting and I feel that need to look at my phone because I, it swallows you in and you can lose hours looking at your phone when there's a whole world like I'm looking at at the moment just to kind of reflect and think things through. And just being out in nature and just being somewhere else, doing something, I don't know, going to the gym, cycling your bike, whatever. I think it's really, really important that we don't look at our phones all of the time. And I've become more and more um, dedicated to holding off. But at the same time, I cannot deny the fact that having social media presence is really good for one's business and so you share what you want to share but don't feel like you are being validated by what you're posting um, and if you think about who your followers are and for me I have a mixed bag of just genuine flower appreciators florists who are following me for inspiration and for kind of wise words of wisdom and also my clients that are actually buying my flowers, and so my gallery is a mixed bag. I just post things that I want to post. Come on, puppy! That interest me, that engage me, and um, I just wanted to share, uh, you know, a few thoughts on how. You don't have to be a slave to it. You don't have to look at it every single day. Um, For me, I don't always want to post a picture on my grid. I'd rather just do a few stories which are less quality lesser quality but just give a little window into my life I think that's a really nice thing to do Um, and I would say that a lot of my my own followers really like that little window so the other week I was in Copenhagen and I was just posting things about the fact that I went for a cold water dip it was bloody cold but you know I think it gives a little measure of the person that you are. And um, as I said earlier on the question, people buy from people. And I'm a real person with a real life. I don't have a team of florists behind me backing me up. I don't have an accountant. I don't have an office. I work from a little studio. And so I think it's really important that um, I sort of share the realness of who I am and what I do and I think that is the value that that's the thing that people engage with is the fact that I'm a real person and I'm doing a real job and I say it how it is um, yeah I do say it how it is a lot and um, so I don't really use Facebook anymore what I do do is I've linked my Instagram account to my Facebook page for the white horse flower company so those customers that are looking at Facebook predominantly will get see that Um, and if they want to direct message me there they just get a reply that says I don't regularly look at it and probably every six months I'll tune in and have a little look and see Um, (laughs) but they will get that message and hopefully they'll know that they need to to email me Um, so yeah so that's what I do Um, I don't actually look at Facebook even socially anymore Um, (laughs) when my children were small uh, I always used to find it like I don't know people will be i was like it, it to a certain degree look at me i'm on holiday look at me i'm doing this look at my little johnny he's just got 10 o levels or you know gcses whatever they are you know look at how proud i am oh look at margot she's just got into the university um blah 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 it's it's smugness and uh, you just get bored of it added to which if I did that with my children they would have disowned me anyway so um I tend not to look at social media just occasionally I'll post something wish people happy Christmas or whatever or something funny or I think last year I did a little bit when we were in our camper van just little things on my private um, Facebook page and and private um, Instagram uh so yeah don't let it rule the roost give it space but manage manage your time manage that space don't let it own you and i think that's what phones tend to do they own you they take over your whole life you can't do anything without looking at a bloody whatsapp message and what i'm trying to do is just kind of everything has its place it is necessary i love my whatsapps with my little groups of people that i are in various chats But I also need time just to sit down and read a book. I need time to sit at my desk and actually do my work and answer my quotes. And if I have my phone constantly on all of the time, if it's not social media, it's something else, you know. you know wherever I am I could be in the queue at the supermarket and I could be looking at my emails and I think that's unhealthy I think I need to be when I'm in the supermarket I should be thinking about food and what I'm cooking for supper that night and so I'm trying to compartmentalize these things for my own sort of calmness and mental health and sanity really so um, I think that's really important and so I'd like to just end the podcast for this particular season with a little resume of my beautiful wedding that I've done today. Um, Worked with Fiona who is the freelance florist who's been working with me last year and this year and hopefully next year you never know she might run away. Um, Who's a brilliant brilliant florist in her own right and um, it was so pretty and I'm very mindful that i what I've realized over the last year or two is repurposing flowers has become standard now so whereas I used to just deliver the flowers for the ceremony and then the reception um, and then I would go home or set up the tables and and go home now I always stay almost without exception I stay and move the ch- the, the wedding ceremony flowers be that in a church or the ceremony, wherever that is, and repurpose them. and the reason being is because the cost of flowers is so expensive that people don't just fill the church with flowers and walk away and leave them. They can't afford to do that anymore. Um, that was standard twenty odd years ago when I trained as a florist, we used to spend Thursday doing the church flowers, Friday doing the recept- uh, the um, table centers, and the church. Well, they just got left. We just didn't move anything at all. Um, I think that's a new normal, um, that the cost of flowers is such, and the installations are so big and so expensive now. People want them because they've become standard, um, That they can't just be walked away from, and rightly so. I probably talked about this a lot before but I just think I'm not a big fan of those big show off, you know, 20,000 pound, 30,000 pound, I don't know, 100,000 pound weddings. I think it's obscene. It's just really obscene. They d- they're not they're not my kind of customers. My kind of customers are just regular people that just want a reasonable amount of flowers, abundant flowers, Um, they're not looking for a cheap deal, the flowers are really integral to their day and they're prepared to pay a fair and going the going rate for luxury beautiful abundant flowers but not to not to that that excess that sometimes you see in you know the big fancy red top magazines so yeah i think that's one thing that has really changed over the years i'm just picking my way through i'm wearing my trainers um and it's still really muddy here um yeah, that was a foolish thing to do. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big change in floristry. Is that repurposing it has become the norm, um, and that makes me really happy that I can make a beautiful bridal bouquet and it's going to go on the table somewhere. Either it's a table centre, or it goes onto the top table with the bridesmaids and becomes top table flowers, as opposed to just making an additional something at vast expense um, to go along the table. So. Um, I think that's that's a change for the good. Um, the other thing I'd say that's happening more and more is I am definitely I'm using British flowers almost whenever they're in season. I'm I'm almost I'm almost always including them in some format. But I literally cannot do my job. It's a rare occasion that I'm doing my job with exclusively. British-grown flowers. Um, I don't get the variety. I can't get the the volume, and um, not necessarily the consistency either, um, which is a, a big deal for me. And I'm, I'm a bit we're, a bit we're, wary. I'm a bit weary of the um, eco-warriors out there that seem to think that we should all just be buying British and and telling you know all these imported flowers to bugger off. I just no, no, you can't do that. There simply aren't enough flowers grown in this country and they're certainly not built year round. Come on then. And that's it for this season. See more of Lindsay's work, ask questions for future shows and learn about forthcoming workshops on Instagram at the White Horse Flower. And Lindsay will be back very soon.